There he goes, finally. After hours, almost, of trying to get it started, the clan god is here. (laughs) 42 minutes, but our determination to get this going would not be stopped. Willpower, unbeaten. So with that being said, welcome to episode one of Dance Facts with Clamp and Cougar, or Doug and David, whatever you, whatever you want to call us, um, the Cougar Corner and the Clamp God on Instagram. Um, yeah, a Cougar fan and a Husky fan is going to talk college football, uh, mostly Pac-12, uh, but, but we most definitely going to branch it off and talk recruiting, um, all that good stuff. Um, today, there's a lot that has happened in the the past week, throughout the weekend. Um, sure. I guess we can go ahead and start with uh, what happened with the Big Ten and Pac-12. Uh, of course, uh, non-conference play being canceled. That means um, Washington and Michigan won't happen. Oregon and Ohio State won't happen. Uh, with the Big Ten, Miami and Penn State won't happen. Um, not Penn State, uh, Miami and Michigan State won't happen. Uh, Penn State and Virginia Tech won't happen. A lot of games... Um, they were, of course, it would be huge matchups. Won't happen with the non-conference being uh, being taken away due to COVID-19, of course. But I think that this is, I think this is the safest and best, the most effective first step into having a season. Yeah, it really is. I am disappointed to see a lot of really good matchups go kind of to waste. But a lot of these teams are trying to reschedule ahead for the next few years. So, like I heard, Washington and Michigan were trying to get something in Seattle in 2022 to still get a home and home. Just Michigan will get the first game now. And, you know, I hope to see Ohio State go to Oregon because I think the way both those teams are recruiting, Oregon, I think, has an outside chance, had an outside chance of winning that game because it's in Oregon. But, and they're, it's kind of just going to become a wasted series if, because I don't think Oregon will beat them in Columbus, not a chance in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they beat them in Columbus, but I think that they have a better chance in a few years to beat them than they would this year. Yeah. I think that Ohio State roster is arguably the best team in college football. So I think that, not to say that they will fall off, but I think that they'll lose key guys such as Justin Fields um, and then uh, Chris Olave and then uh, Garrett Wilson as the years move forward. And, and uh, Oregon has a lot of youth. Uh, Oregon is very the, young. So, so, and the recruiting is, is only going up. So I think that in a few years, I think they'll be more evenly balanced. Not to say that Ohio State won't still, you know what I'm saying, grow on what they have. But I think that it'll, it'll be a better chance for Oregon. And with Washington and Michigan – it's a really weird matchup. Two teams that kind of disappointed a year ago. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see. I think that that game would have told me a lot about what Jimmy Lake has in terms of potential as a head coach. Um, yeah. it's That would have been a very good matchup to see. I do think we would have wound up winning that football game, though. Um, Jim Harbaugh has had very limited success in Seattle. Not that that's a very um, good way to put it, but I just feel like I just feel very confident in our secondary's ability to really shut down Michigan's receivers. I don't think they have a lot of talent at receiver. If I'm going to be completely honest, they lost DPJ, and um, I think Antre Black. That's right. So I think they'd. Um, be, they're very limited in on the perimeter offensively, and I think we could match them at the point of attack in the running game. Uh, now, on our off, our offense is a complete question mark. So, if our offense went out there and turned the ball over three to four times, then obviously all that goes away because turnovers could really derail that opportunity. But another, another. Um... Another thing that I like to say about that Washington defense, 10 out of 12 of their returning players are, are defensive players. Is that, isn't that right? Isn't that I, believe, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, so, which also means only two offensive returning full-time starters. Which sucks, but with that, like, Jimmy Lake has been in, in that, in, in Seattle, so he knows the culture there. He's been with those players, and he's mm-hmm. and I don't think it'll be 
that much of an adjustment to to really like bring the best out of those guys, considering that he was around them and worked with them every day. So I think that um, I would even go as far as to say I think that Washington defense is better than the Oregon defense. Well, I say this, I say this because um, this, that secondary is unreal. Trent McDuffie, um, Byron Murphy. Um, Elijah Molden, not Byron Murphy. Oh, yeah, Elijah. My fault, Elijah Molden. Uh, they just love really, really good secondary. And then um, Joe Tryon and uh, Levi Andrinke. Isn't that how you say his last name? Good job. Yeah, there you go. So just really, really talented. I know that Oregon's really good, but uh, Washington State was still able to score really well on them. So if you're just going to go off that head-to-head, I would, I would take Washington's defense over there, but – at least going into 2020, I think. I think, um, I think uh, Oregon's defensive coordinator and the amount of talent they have is really going to show this year. I think Oregon's a top five to seven defense in the country, but I think Washington's right there from eight to ten. I would yeah. put Oregon ahead of us as of now, but I do think it's a very close matchup. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't see a top 25 offense with yeah. Washington. And, and and that's tricky because like they there were some shining points in that um, Washington offense a year ago. Savon Alchemist uh, ran for a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Bynum didn't play as well as maybe he was expected to, but I think towards the end of the season he really really boosted in production. So I think that he could be pretty solid for you all next season. And then uh, Puka Nakua also has a lot of talent. Uh, I think Puka's all conference this year, by the way. Yeah. I think Kate Auden's are super, super good. I like Kate Auden a lot. He played a really, um, really good uh, mm-hmm. time when, when Hunter Bryant was not on the field. So I think that um, I think that there's some shining points in the offense. I think the biggest question mark is, of course, at quarterback. Um so I think it'll be I think it'll be really interesting to see what that offense does. And then with um if we're gonna talk favorite teams, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about Washington State. The thing I I love a lot of um the returning talent that we have on the defensive side, uh Dallas Hobbs, Lamonte McDougal, uh Will Rogers, Jihad Woods, um, Justice Rogers, Skylar Thomas, um, George Tate. We pretty much get that entire defense back and yeah. plus we have and plus, this season we're going to have an actual defensive coordinator coaching defense. Right, and I think um, um, Leach's scheme didn't give that didn't um, do too many favors for that defense because you're yeah, going yeah. fast, you're going quick, you're scoring fast. That's not a lot of rest for the defense because. Right. And I think this year you'll get a lot of um, a lot more of a rested defense with Rolovich's. Scheme now, Rolovich's scheme is still going to be fast and it's still going to be tempo, but it's not going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's not going to be. And another thing with the in comparison to the um to the run and shoot versus the air raid, the air raid worked a lot of vertical, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, horizontal offense. It was really weird. It was like we would get like receivers in the middle of the field and just moving sideways instead of getting down the field. Yeah, and it would worked for big chunk plays, but it's when you're playing a defense like Washington and um where they go like in zone against us and they drop back into coverage and just guard the sticks and not allow anyone um, behind them. It's just pretty much impossible to work with that. Um, yeah, and you can't play a defense like Washington unless you recruit um, right. at a high level. That's why you don't see – I mean, you see Washington get upset by teams like Cal, Stanford, and Colorado this year, but you haven't seen over the Chris Peterson era Washington get upset too many times in a fashion that they that never should happen. I think the only other good example was the 2017 ASU game was an upset. But so it's so it's hard to be an average recruiter and be a stubborn coach. Yeah. So like you can't you can't bring in average talent and not be able to work with the talent that you have and sit in unideal situations. Because then you see situations like Washington just sending three guys and those three guys are, 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 yeah, and just getting exactly. a ton of pressure on the quarterback, despite the fact that the, um, that they're only rushing three, so they're able to cover. They, Washington can do what they want, and Washington State was doing what they wanted to do. The problem is it just wasn't effective at all because Washington just had better players. You got to adjust, and Leach never adjusted. Exactly. 
and, and that and that's hard. That's it's really hard. Uh, I've been it's, over time. I've watched a lot of um, like Hawaii games, like Hawaii tape, uh, and, and I love what I've seen out of the running shoot. I really do. I think the offense will work very well in terms of getting our athletes in space, um, in terms of moving guys around. Um, I think it'll be. Um, Max Borgie will go down in receiving yards because in this offense, they don't use a lot of like running backs like in the flats and stuff like that. But he'll get a lot more rushing yards, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to see just how, how um, we really adjust to that. I think you still need to use Max Borgie out of the backfield more than. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because too, it's too good of a tool to not take advantage of. I think that it would be good to like kind of move him in maybe into a slot position and have him lined up against uh, linebackers over the middle of the field. That's, that, that's a mismatch. That is very interesting. Um, against Washington, he'd be matched up with a corner, but that's only Washington, I'd say, yeah. would do that. Because we play um, six to six DBs per play yeah, pretty much DBs. against Washington State, and I think we'll continue to do that. With, yeah, I don't know why you change it up. Yeah, which I think will continue to give Washington State problems. But if Washington State can uh, find a way under Rolovich to actually attack our defense effectively, then I can see you guys finally ending the Apple Cup streak. Yeah, and another promising thing is is how how open minded and how like um, I guess like important the Apple Cup is to Nick Rolovich. Oh yeah, like it seemed like it seemed like to Mike Leach it was just another game, which. Of course, that's that's kind of how you want to look at it. But if you um, you as a school don't have a winning culture against your rivals, it's tough to make it just another game. Especially if you're in a position where each and every single year your that game means Pac-12 championship or not, it's hard to really look at it as another game. You need to go out there and make that the best game of the season every single year, or else he's going to come out again. And, and be too stubborn to change anything, and, and just get beat and be disappointed again, and that, that's 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 what sucked to me, I guess. Oh yeah, Jimmy Lake had a very specific strategy for Washington State. We knew you, the state of Washington is becoming a recruiting battleground. It's a great state now, and it's going to continue to be great heading into twenty twenty two. Obviously, I can't project kids that were freshmen this year, but and below, and obviously not below. But for 2021 and 2022, Washington's becoming a great recruiting state. And when only one team in Washington has won that rivalry for seven straight years, that's why three of the top six or seven, I believe, have already chosen to come to Washington. Right. So it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to establish yourself not only on the football field, but outside and getting new guys in there um, if you can't, you know what I'm saying, if you can't establish a – a winning culture, like I said, a winning culture against your rivals. That's tough. So, um, in in a week ago, was it a week or two weeks ago that Javestin A committed to? to I Washington? believe it was a week from. It was a Sunday, so I believe it was a week from. I think it was a week from yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and like and another uh, high um, high target Washington State guy that went to Washington. And it's just tough, man. It's it's, it's tough. Um, and then also this week, Lenyatta Alexander is one hundred percent going to ASU. Yeah, and along with like along with like six other guys, ASU is going nuts this week. Uh, Marcus Inbo, Eric Gentry, uh, two other guys that are um, most likely going to commit. I this believe week, so. I'm missing one, but I believe also Tommy Hill on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right, Tommy Hill. He's an, another. Person. And there was another one that. Um... Our good friend in the chat was telling us about um, what's his name. Um, let me see if I can. Never mind. Um, but yeah, ASU is going to be on a tear, and ASU and Arizona are in a very similar situation to Washington and Washington State, by the way, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. It's just that it's becoming dominant, and now it, I, now ASU isn't getting a ton of in-state guys, even though the state of Arizona is being really good, has been really good this year in recruiting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ASU is getting who they want, and Arizona simply isn't. And Well, Arizona has gotten two guys out of the state of Washington, Clay Millen and uh, DJ That's Fire true. That's, those were now, so. very good pickups for – Yeah, very, very good pickups. I actually – I'm close to preferring Xavier Ward over Clay Millen. I'm, 
I'm not a Clay Millen guy. In I, I really, I'm, I'm not. I, and another thing that, that makes me really, really love uh, Xavier Ward is the offense that he played in that high school. Yeah. A lot of those formations were very similar to the run and shoot. So if he comes big in, arm, if he comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's extreme accuracy as well, which is also great. I, I don't know why he's ranked where he is. I like Xavier Ward. He looks good. Yeah, me too. And I think, he, I think he's one of the guys that just slipped under the radar, really. I think, yeah. And he's just a guy that needs a season. There's so many guys like that that just need a season. Because, yeah. I mean, you think about last year, so many guys went up because of their senior season. And for, and that's that's a lot of offers that people are going to be losing because of COVID if high school seasons are canceled. I think high school seasons are just as important as other seasons. Uh, I agree. And another thing that you have to look at, like maybe that benefits Washington State. Him not having as many offers um, may be like a, a chance of him not having as many schools to look at and have as many, you know what I'm saying, ways to, to branch out. Because you've seen a bunch of guys decommit. And, I don't see Xavier like, flipping. I think he felt locked in. But at the same yeah. time, you never know with you never really know. No, never know. But I think he'll be a Washington State player, even if there is a season. Yeah. I, I think he's going to get offers anyways, though, the way with what he's mm-hmm. shown, because other schools have looked at him. Um, but I think, State, stayed, yeah, I think he stays locked into his commitment, though. The Pac-12 already – I'm guessing only Pac-12 school will really, will really interest him. And Oregon's mm-hmm. got Ty Thompson. Washington's got Sam Heward. Arizona's got Millen, who they believe in. Uh, ASU's got Finn Collins. Every, pretty much every Pac-12 team looking for a quarterback this class has already gotten their guy. Yeah, they've gotten their guy. And I don't think any of them bail on their guy for um, Xavier Ward, unless he like really, really shows out in the season. So I think WSU's got him locked in. Yeah. Um, another uh, big recruiting uh, thing that happened uh, over the weekend, uh, Terrence Lewis – I deleted his commitment post to Tennessee and reposted his top five, which is comes to which should come to no surprise to anybody. This kid is like, it's I don't know what it's so confusing. Like I, I said it on a live, uh, maybe maybe a week ago. Uh, Terrence Lewis is not going to play a down for Tennessee. I see no way that he steps on campus there in in a football uniform for Tennessee. I don't see it. I understand your thinking. I wouldn't go that far, but I understand your thinking. First of all, I don't know if Terrence Lewis is everything um, he's made out to be by his ranking. First of all, that's mm-hmm. the first thing I'll say about it. Because you look at his offer offer sheet, it's good, but not great um, for a guy that's supposed to be a five-star top talent in the yeah. country. Um, but I his, his second school is Nebraska, and I don't, I just don't see them flipping him from Tennessee. But at the same time, um, that deleting of the commitment post was very interesting. Um, but he hasn't decommitted yet. He posted a couple, he actually posted a tweet, I believe, saying like he's locked into Tennessee or something recently, which, you know, um, you got to play the part. Reuben Foster played the part when he was committed to Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. When you're committed to a school, you always play, yeah. play that on. Um, Always, always give people a, a, a general idea as to how you feel, even if you don't feel that way. Yeah, I mean you you can't um you can't say things that are like shying away yeah. from your commitment because the school will the school will um look for other players. You'll see that in yeah because because it, it's not like Tennessee will will not be able to get other guys that get play the way that Tennessee does. McCrew, it's going to be fantastic. He's been so good recruiting linebackers by the way. I know I just said Terrence Lewis isn't everything he's made out to be, but he's a great player anyways. I still think he's top 50 even if I don't feel he's a five-star type of talent. Uh, but I mean, talent yeah. doesn't lie. I mean, no matter what the numbers say, talent does not lie. No. And the, one of the most frustrating things actually happened with Tennessee a couple years ago. Henry Tooto, I believe his name is. Um, he's becoming a great player for Tennessee now. He was lock, pretty much locked into coming to Washington. And Jeremy Pruitt, I believe it was on, it was pro, I think it was the February signing day, was able to sway him back to Tennessee two days after Washington got a crystal ball, um, yeah. which was very frustrating for me a couple of years ago. Um, that flip. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt does a good job keeping his guys 
They'll have a lot of they'll have a few decommits though, just because of how many guys they took so early. Right. So this year will be another Yeah. So just like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> um also Larry Scott got COVID nineteen this weekend, which I thought was not funny, but like after everything that's like going on with like rumors about him um, getting bought out and like that club conference uh, canceling non conference play and then just on top of it Larry Scott having COVID nineteen it's just so it, it was it was the perfect cherry on top. It was the perfect ending to the weekend. It was him getting I am very um and of course I hope he gets better, yeah, but it no, is just like um, don't wish I will never wish for somebody to pass away no matter how mu- how much distaste I have for them. And Larry Scott is a person I have very hefty distaste for. I'm not a big Larry Scott fan. Um, and, you know, um, but uh, we could segue into what does the pack look like with – in it? I don't think the cancellation's official, is it, for the pack yet? The non-conference? It is. They came out with the statement. I think it was, I want to say Friday or Saturday. I can't really remember, but it, it was. Official. I don't think I. I don't know if it was official, but I. And I don't think anyone should officially cancel yet, just because we don't know where yeah. we're gonna be yet. But like my thing with it is, um, we are so close to a season. I think that there needs to be an official word sooner rather than later. Because it's harder for guys to, to no matter what the season looks like, it's hard to to readjust when you're in such a in such a short time frame. So, like, it, let's say, as of right now, the SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve have yet to announce like that they're canceling. ACC had rumors, but they never officially, um, and never officially uh, canceled. So. Yeah. Those three conferences would still have a regular twelve game seasons. Um, oh, yeah. they will be. Like a, that. They will I think it has to be in sync. Yeah, I agree. So I think that it really bothers me that the NCAA is yet to catch control with this. Like, I don't know how you can have some teams playing eleven games, some teams playing twelve, some uh, conferences playing ten. Yeah, then because the Big Twelve, Big Twelve only has. Big 12 only has 10 teams, so that means there's only nine games on that conference schedule. Yeah. So it's it's tricky to really um, kind of get a grasp of what the season's going to look like. And, um, and even if there is, like, um, let's say, like, a nine-game season, how are you going to, like, determine what's bowl eligible or not? And, like, will we even have that? It's just a winning record. I think a five-and-four record gets you in. Yeah. I think it, 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 it's a really tricky situation. Yeah, and I – I think they will. They will end up going. Um, they'll either put like a BYU type of team in the Big Twelve, like an extra team, uh, extra independent in the Big Twelve, something along those lines, or they'll just go in a direction that says every team just play your normal conference nine game schedule. Mm-hmm. But with that, um, I think the Pac twelve becomes a little less clear cut. Yeah. Um, Oregon doesn't have any tune-up games, and they got a if if they do a nine-game schedule where you just play your pack, they play Colorado, and then they gotta um, play Washington, and it'll be Washington's first game. So Washington, yeah, it won- this from the day they announce the schedule to the day they go to Autzen Stadium, we'll be studying for Oregon, while Oregon's got a whole another game in between that, and I think that could be dangerous at that point. Yeah. So in the case that in the case that um that um that we do do that um all conference schedule like if that does like go one hundred percent without a doubt that is what happens that cuts Idaho Houston and um and uh, Utah State out of our schedule so that would add in the case that we do eleven games that would add Arizona and USC so I I don't know if they would slide into that in like that well one through three area or they would drop back to the end of the season. I think they go um, to the beginning if I 
because most teams have non-conference at the beginning. So I guess we'll yeah. probably just slide them in at the beginning. That would be my best. Um, like I said, it's such a tricky situation to manage what schedules are going to look like, who's playing who, when are they playing. It's, it's really – it's a mess. And to be yeah, it, it has to be a mess because there's nothing you can do about it. Um to make it not a mess. I think I'd rather have somebody other than Larry Scott in charge, but at the end of the day, you go, you got to work with what we got. Yeah, what is, I mean, what is Larry supposed to do about it? Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, to be honest, as bad as he's been, he's done a, a pretty okay job with um, managing this. The one thing that, that takes me off about uh, uh, about anything that Larry Scott has said, he said that um, – let's see, he said um, – Unless we see a change in trajectory and the spread of the virus and its impact pretty quickly, I think the situation is a lot more perilous than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. And to that, I say, no shit, Larry Scott. Exactly. I don't, I don't, like, of course it's going to be more perilous if it's around longer. Yeah. I don't I mean, it's, it's just not a helpful quote at all. It's, it's, and like, commissioners like Greg Sankey have, have been able to, kind of rally together the SEC and get a like an official word as to what they believe is going on in the situation. Larry Scott has done nothing but said what everybody else has already known. Yeah. Stuff that we like, I don't want to get it. And and like I wish that it just it shouldn't it should not be as difficult as it is. It should have been going down the numbers should have been going down a long time ago. It should because this isn't even the second. This isn't even the second wave. This is another spike in the first one. So it's just it's so it's so hard to 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 really manage it. And like the fact that people are seriously so against wearing masks in public that it becomes a thing where it's like that's dangerous. I, it's dangerous. It's, it's life. The entitled mindset of people that don't want to wear a mask. Um, is very is probably one of the most dangerous things when in terms of COVID nineteen. Um, it's not hard to wear a mask. It's it doesn't feel bad. People talk about how they can't breathe. That's not true. Everyone else has worn a mask. It's not hard to breathe in your mask. It doesn't change anything. You're struggling to breathe in the mask. Imagine how hard it would be to breathe with COVID nineteen. I'm sure you'll be okay. That's fine. I'm sure that you're there you okay. go. Like it, it's it's just like. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But I think they need a way to get a season going before spring. I don't think they have to postpone a season. I really don't. Yeah. I think me neither. Because I I just think there's a way, and I think when there's a world, the schools and I think schools can't can't afford to drop out. The money, the money that comes along with having a college football season is. I I know that Washington State, if. Oh yeah, Washington State is, is, is screwed right now. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Washington State is absolutely screwed right now. I think that we would need a season um, more than in comparison to other Pac-12 schools, just due to the fact that uh, how much of a drought that we are in. So I think that maybe that even affects like the percentages of fans that we let in just to get more currency. Yeah, know, so. and it's a tough. It's, so it's a it's, very difficult situation for yeah, the Cougars. They need to. Um, yeah. They need a season, and high school players need a season, and NFL players in contract need years need a season, and people trying to get drafted need a season. Everyone involved needs this season to happen. So that's why I think there will be a season. Because a season getting canceled would be terrible for a lot of people. It would be fallout. It would be an absolute fallout. Because... Not only that, you would see more and more schools like listing of just cuts that they make. Because Stanford cut eleven um, athletics, and Stanford is like Stanford is is Stanford, right? Like yeah, like, they'll, the be, they'll be has, fine. <laughs> yeah, like they like and the fact that they have gone as far as to cut that many athletics due to like this, this issue is scary for other schools, other like smaller schools, like. Um, well, it's, I actually don't think it is because Stanford is a te- is a school that can survive without those, um, without those athletics. There are schools that can't survive, so I think those schools will continue yeah. to will continue to 
But 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 the thing is, if you're not being able to bring that money in, you're not going to be able to put that money into those programs. Therefore, you drop those money, uh, those programs to save money as opposed to to um to losing it by getting uh brand sponsorships and and uh, gear and and all that stuff. So it, it's 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 tricky. Like I, like I've said six times this episode, it, it's tricky. Man. No doubt. And what do you think a Big Ten season looks like? Do you think it's even more of a breeze for Ohio State to – let's say there is a playoff. Do you think it's even more of a breeze for them to just make the playoff go probably – I think that I think that it becomes more challenging because if it were to be a, an 11-game all-conference schedule, they have seven teams in each division. So that would be six division games plus, um, plus five from the other division. So – um, yeah, but that means that means that they would have to play um, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, um, Northwestern, Illinois, Western Illinois, or Nebraska. So and five like that's, games. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that that would be five, and that's a, that's tough. That's not easy. For the that's not easy. I, I don't see them lose. I didn't see I didn't see a chance of them losing a game this year, other than. Oregon, just because um, this is this isn't the type of Ohio State team that can that's susceptible to an upset like the Dwayne Haskins one. Um, this one has experience; they have a lot of depth, and I think next year Ohio State falls off a little bit and misses the playoff in twenty twenty one. But I think this year Ohio State is a clear cut championship contender, and. Yeah. I just think they run through the Big Ten this year. But I thought they could have lost to Oregon because Oregon is just such a talented team. I didn't think they would, but I thought they could. And if Oregon levels the playing field in 2022, by the way, it's going to be a difficult time to be a Pac-12 North fan. Yeah, 100%. But the thing with Oregon is they always find a way to lose a game that they shouldn't, no matter when it is. Even when the, even when they were going to the playoffs in 2014, and they lost to Arizona. They they lost to Arizona and only beat Washington State by by possession. So, like it's, I I don't know. I really don't. Oregon, Oregon um, pretty yeah, and it's every year they 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 it's usually they come down to Arizona and lose the game. Yeah, that's usually or and they lose to the Cougs for. For the last five times, clearly, so they have that problem. Um, Washington State's just the air raids just always worked against Oregon, even though Oregon's been through coaching changes. The air raid just the air raid never didn't work against Oregon, um, which is interesting. I don't know why Oregon didn't just try to switch up their defense to like Washington style. Exactly, it's I'm. It, it really is like a miracle that we were as good as we were for as long as we were because it was such a it was such a stagnant offense of just the same thing over and over and over and over and nobody was able to adjust and stop it even though the the most important team that we were playing at the end of the year every year was stopping it with ease like that was confusing that um, other defense weren't other defenses weren't able to to stop it effectively but hey. I think the, I the how much team, work Jimmy Lake puts into getting ready for Washington State. I think the 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 one team that was able to stop it the best was um, Cal. We struggled with Cal a lot. Well, Cal. Uh, we just, Wilcox is actually a um, Peter Chris Peterson guy as well. So yeah, so that he held us to uh, to nineteen Cal. points in two thousand eighteen, and then three points in two thousand seventeen, two thousand sixteen. They lost to us. We scored forty something that year, and then yeah. Yeah, sixteen's so, Cal defense was one of the worst I've seen. I believe the Huskies scored sixty on them. That two thousand sixteen Washington team is so good. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, probably that's probably our. That's definitely our best team of the decade. Not even probably. That's a hundred percent our best team of the decade. And as much as I hate Washington, I'll credit them. I'll credit them this. That team was so good. Like the the way that that team was molded was perfect. You have athletes on the edge, great running back in the backfield, a quarterback who stays out of the way just enough to to not lose you games. Like that, and I've said this over the past couple of weeks. Like I just 
the the concept of being able to lean on your defense to get stops and then just be able to score just enough points on the offensive side to to get out every single week and still and still end up dominating just because of how good that uh, that defense was. Yeah, that team is so good. Yeah, I miss the, a lot of those defensive players, but I think our current our twenty twenty defense will be at that level. We'll be at the twenty sixteen level of that defense. Problem is our offense won't be as good as it was in 2016 or even close in my opinion unless we run the ball with cam davis and richard newton a lot better than we have been and um i mean Ogden got a thousand yards but at the same time um it our running game just wasn't the same without miles gaskin so we need we need a new guy that can really carry the load on offense with running the ball yeah. i i also hope sermon Jacob Sermon does actually turn out to be the um, type of quarterback that can get us wins. Um, yeah, I don't know if he'll be better than Jake Browning. I a lot of people don't think so, but I mean, I think Jacob Sermon shows a lot of potential. I think he's a lot more controlled with his arm than Eason was. Eason just mm-hmm. shucks it at people. It's like he's throwing at his receivers, not to them, oftentimes. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's why we had so many drops. And we didn't have the talent at receiver um, yeah. for a quarterback like Eason. But, and I think, I still don't think, I love our receivers. Don't get me wrong, but I still don't, I still think there's a lot of youth at the receiver position for Washington to um, have great success this year. And I think in the coming years, especially if we, with Tanay coming in, and whoever else we get, maybe a Mecca Egbuka, I'd love him, but I am not sure where his recruitment stands right now. But if we, but with Tanay in the future and the other receivers we've recruited over the years, Jalen McMillan being one, um, I think our offense is really going to be explosive by 2022, 2021 type of seasons. But this year, I think we'll finish from the 40 to 35 range in offense, honestly, I just don't think, I just don't think they're ready. Yeah, and it's like, I think that, um, what was I going to say? With Eason, um, in, in, in Washington State, the last two years in the Apple Cup, that's the most about gashed as Washington has been. We have, those are the two best opportunities to just, just finally in the street, and not only and not only in the street in 2018, they go to the uh, go to the championship, potentially the playoff, and um, and not the playoff, the Rose Bowl in 2018. Like there's so much riding on that game, and Washington was in such a in such a down spot at that time, considering the beginning of the beginning of the season that they had playoff aspirations with the senior Jake Browning, and like they wanted to to send that team out successfully, and like. It just didn't really happen the way that it was supposed to go. No, and like, we, and we were not able to take advantage of that. It bothers me so bad. And last year we were both dog crap. I'm not even gonna lie. We were both not. Good. We were both not good enough. Both, to both six and five going into both six and five going into that game. Like that was just mm-hmm. the most even bad game as the Apple Cup had been. I will. I will say if Washington State wins that game. I would not be surprised if Jabez Jabez Tanay is a cougar right now. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I don't know. He's been sold on Washington for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, even maybe more so than some people think. But, um, yeah, I do think, though, that um, he gives Washington State at least a better look. Yeah. Um, if they go beat Washington, also Lanyada might give Washington State a better look, just because. Because I think he didn't go to Washington because Washington didn't recruit him hard enough. Because I think we had Tanay in the bag, and we're going after Ekbuka. We're putting all our assets in, at receiver there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he would have given Washington State a little bit better of a look if um, you guys had beaten us. But yeah, and that's fair to say that. Because I think the streak really puts so much negativity towards Washington State. I agree. No one wants to go to a school and lose to their rival all four years of their college career. Mm-hmm. And when you go and look at the players that have played for Washington State, 
freshman to senior year losing to Washington every year. I don't think players want to go to that. And and I was in um, uh, Jaden, one of Jaden Delar's uh, Instagram lives once, and he was just talking like, um, you know, getting all these awards and stuff would be cool, but I really just want to win the Apple Cup because he said that he has so many friends that go there and he just doesn't want to lose to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, stuff, like, like that, that stuff, like, attitudes like that get me so excited because it's, like, it's almost like a changing of the culture at Washington State of just more and more guys not wanting that to be their everlasting legacy, never being able to be the Husky. So, like, that would, like, that, that like, that stuff is so cool. Mentality, like, yeah. the mentality to want to beat your rival is the first step in going and beating them. Um, right. And I think I don't, I would not say the Cougars can't beat us this year because that would be ignorant. I don't think they will, but I will never count out a power five conference road game. Never. Because just because, I mean, you see it every year, you see um, Ohio state lose to Purdue. You see, and that that's not even this situation. Washington state's much closer to us than Purdue to Ohio state. Yeah. Um, Washington State is a, I'd say, a pretty good football team this year. I think they're at least going to win seven games. Yeah. Which, oh, and I, I'd say seven. Yeah, I'd say seven games. I think seven games is a really good number for me, for Washington State. It, it takes me off so much. Like, the fact that, like, like just people just, just automatically assume that we're just going to be bad this year because we don't have reach. Like, that bothers me so much. There's just, like, so many people that didn't ever watch a Washington State game. They just need my reach coach here. And since we don't have him, like, they think, like, the world right. just fell apart. And, like, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, that's a very casual way to look at things. Um, exactly. Three-day contract fans. Exactly. That's what I <laughs> – perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, that's – because – I think Leach Leach is a big name coach. Rolovich isn't. Um, Leach at his time at Texas Tech really made the air raid popular, and getting him to Washington State was cool. Made Washington State a very watchable program over the years. Right. But I think football wise, going and getting Rolovich, winning some games, and you need to win games. Yeah. That's and right. I having a cool <laughs> offense is is dope and all, but you need to win games. And I, did seven, well. I did say seven wins. If you switch that to a nine-game season, we're talking five or six. But a five and four – I mean, five and four doesn't sound good, but it is good. Yeah, it's, then not, just, it's not bad at all. You just it go one really from there, and that's seven and five. Considering how many solid teams are on that schedule, like yeah. um, Arizona State, uh, Cal, Washington, Oregon, like there's a lot of solid teams yeah, on that schedule. So no, and, and USC mm-hmm. in the case that we that we do play them, so it, it's hard to just just um, look at that record and say it's tough because along with that, losing Houston, Utah State, and Idaho, I hate to say um, easy wins, but Utah, we were better than all three of those teams. You too. Yeah, Houston doesn't have their old coach or De'Eric King. That's what I always associate Houston with. But they don't have all that anymore. So yeah, get you guys over Houston for sure. Um, so yeah, no doubt. Um, another um, recruiting thing to talk about: Shadur Sanders uh, committed to FAU today. Um, I saw like like people like criticizing him for it, and I I don't know why. Um. Yeah, it's a decision. If he wants to play, if he wants to play for FAU, he wants to play for FAU. And it bothers me that people think that they like have like they have to speak on other people's decisions. Like that's not what you didn't make the decision. <laughs> I'm not going to criticize you if you decide to go work at a different job instead of working here. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You made a decision to make yourself happier. So did he. So. um I think it's ignorant to question somebody based off of their college decision. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. And um, I believe Willie Taggart is their head coach now, right? He is, yes. He did get that job after. Maybe that's why people are questioning it. I, and I, I understand that, but I really don't think Willie Taggart's that bad of a coach. He was really good at UCF. And he just never – he never gave uh, – not UCF, USF. He never gave himself enough time at either Oregon – um, or Florida State to really be good. Um, at Oregon, he left after a year. 
Um, I think Oregon was better yeah. with this ball than he would have been with Taggart, but still. At one point, FSU actually led for Savelle Smalls in his recruitment and yeah. got a couple crystal balls. So Willie Taggart can recruit a little bit all the way around the country. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I just see his product on the field, and it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, I think it'll be similar to USF. I think it will come in win the CUSA a couple, couple years, and then get another Power 5 job, get fired in a few more years, and, and then continue the cycle. It wouldn't surprise mm, me. I think, he, I think if he's winning conference titles, he'll realize that where he's happier is at a smaller school, just being yeah. – being the he, he's the man on campus at FAU. He won't – he wasn't the man on campus at FSU. He had so many talented players – so many um, different types of players to work with. And yeah. he recruited really well there. They just didn't work. It just didn't work. They didn't win games. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. – winning games is – I mean, this is the most obvious thing I'll ever say. Winning games yeah. is so important in college football. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, good like, coach uh, can get screwed over with one bad season. Right. Like with Mel Tucker, uh, we were talking about it in the back chat today. He – he got some really good recruits. He just didn't give himself enough time to win with them and get those guys to come in and, and make Colorado. Well, he didn't, he didn't want to be at Colorado. He left. That was his decision. Yeah. He left. Like, yeah. he didn't get fired. He wasn't being even pushed out. They loved him at Colorado because of what he was doing. They – was such a questionable decision. I don't – I don't think – I like I liked what he was doing at Colorado. Why would you go to Michigan – why would you go to compete with Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. Just when you're not a house, he's not a. And why did Michigan State even hire him? Honestly, <laughs> I mean, he's a good. Of what he did to Georgia, he's a great. He's a really good recruiter, a good defensive coach. Yeah. But I just don't think that he is. But he he's a great recruiter. But can he recruit at a level that matches Michigan? Because I think their goal right now is to be Michigan, not get past Ohio State yet. And I don't think mm-hmm. they ever will. But. I don't think they'll even get past Michigan with Mel Tucker. I think they needed a more established co- head coach. Uh, Harbaugh will find a way to lose that game. But no, he won't. I, I, I like Jim Harbaugh. Really? I, I like Jim Harbaugh enough to go beat teams that are worse than him. Well, fair. That's fair. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I don't he like loses him. to Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State year in and year out. And Notre Dame, except for this year. This year he blew out Notre Dame. That was impressive. But, um, yeah, he loses to those teams consistently. You don't see him losing to Illinois. You don't see him losing to – you don't see him losing to Rutgers. You don't see him losing to Indiana. Michigan, Michigan – and they beat Michigan State pretty much every year, so – you don't see Michigan get upset. You just see Michigan um, never. But that game has, that game has been close the past few years. I think it was twenty to fourteen in two thousand eighteen. So like, yeah, okay. I don't know. But uh, if if Mel Tucker can, if Mel Tucker can get in enough talent, I could see that game being a close victory for Michigan State in a few years. I could too. Um, and I also, well, Harbaugh has um always been this. He's never been able to get over. The team, the last team that he, um, the the toughest team that he has to play that you saw it with San Francisco, Seattle pretty much yeah, drove, Seahawks, yeah. and um, also he played the Ravens in a Super Bowl and couldn't even beat couldn't beat his brother, um, mm-hmm. with it's Stanford. It's Stanford. He was he was always always the guy. He he made Stanford like the actual powerhouse there while while he was while he was in the in the back twelve. That's true. He, they were probably the best Pac-12, but he had the best quarterback too. Yeah, I it, well, David. Also, David Shaw was able to take advantage of that as well. David Shaw was able to keep Stanford pretty high for a while there. Yeah, they only they only they, they only fell off uh, as recent as last year, really, because in 2017 they were in the conference championship. Yeah. After of course we lost. In 2018, the they were a good team. They weren't easy to beat. Um, but that was, that was Washington's year. Even though Washington won the Pac-12, 2018, make no mistakes, was Washington State's year. Yeah. We just kind of – Yeah, I would go as so far as say 2017 was our year as well because we would have gone to the conference championship if we beat y'all. 
So it, it's 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 annoying. It's I think sad. we were better. It's I think we were better than Stanford that year. We just lost to them in a bad performance by us. Yeah. I actually thought we. I I thought we should have gone back. We still had a lot of the 2016 players. Um, but it just didn't work out as well. We had tougher road games. We had um, a few injuries on defense. No more Buddha Baker hurt. Wait, was Bu- no Buddha was not on the 2017 team. Yeah, no. Um, no more Buddha Sydney. I believe Kevin King was also gone. So we lost. Our and yeah, our 2017 team. Uh, our O line lost us a lot of games that year. We didn't have a lot of. Um, Experience at wide receiver as much as it's like as good as it was in, in, in years uh, prior. So that 2017 offense is really good. I think we went, what was it, nine to four that year? Let's see. I believe you're right. We, yeah, we beat Stanford. Uh, did you beat, did you win your Rose Bowl or your bowl game, not Rose Bowl? <laughs> Rose Bowl, nice. No, we got blown out by Michigan State. Oh, really? I did not. Yeah. I didn't remember. That um, I feel like I should be bringing um, that up more with Cougs fans. <laughs> Luke, Luke, it bothers me because Luke Falk was um, was questionable that game. He decided to sit out, and Tyler Holinsky started, and uh, we unfortunately lost that one. So, uh, donutted uh, no, Montana State. You know, came back against Boise State. Great game. That game was so good. Um, I remember that game. State, yeah. Blew out Nevada. Uh, upset number five USC. Uh, beat Oregon. And then when it all came crashing down, we ended up getting to number seven and number eight in the country. We we had playoff potential in that 2017 team. Yeah, that, and that team was, you guys had, mm-hmm. and that was the Khalil Tate year too, right? 2017. Yes, was the Khalil Tate year. Yes, so they, they we, you guys. Yeah, we lost. We lost. We lost to uh, California, 37 to three. That game still breaks. Ooh, margin. that game hurt. I remember that game actually. Ross Bow was that the one where Ross Bowers flipped into the? Yeah, he's really flipped over. Mm-hmm. I remember. And then we shut out. Then we shut out Colorado, and the next week uh, lost Arizona by 21 with Tyler Lindsay starting. And then, um, and then of course went two straight over Stanford and Utah. And then Apple Cup comes around, chance to go to the Pac-12 championship, and. Um, Miles, that was Miles Gaffin's yeah. day. And our once again, just like 2019, we were getting pressure yeah. with the three man rush, and which it's, it's it's just it's so. Unfortunately for Washington State, every game against Miles Gaskin was Miles Gaskin's day. Mm-hmm. You, I was scared this year going into the Apple Cup, knowing that he wasn't there anymore because he was really the one who put us way over the edge with the Cougs. Yeah. Luckily, we still got a good game out of Savon, and we and didn't really need much we, offense with all of we, we we really lost ourselves that game because the check down the checkdowns were working the entire time, just getting easy like six short games, and, and maybe even like sneaking through, getting a first down here and there, and just out of nowhere, we just decided to go away with it. After uh, Brandon Arcanado got injured, we panicked for whatever reason. Like we still had Renard Bell there, we still had Trevor Harris there, we still had. It's just amazing talent at the wide in, in this top position alone, and we just refused to go to it for whatever reason. Yeah, and of and, course and that red zone, I believe it was a fumble. Um, I think Trent McDuffie forced it, and Miles Bryant recovered it. I think that was the play that really changed the game because you could have scored on that possession. That was like a red zone fumble. I think it was 28-13 at the time. I... Washington went down, got a field goal. Um, then the then I think Trent got an interception. So I think Trent McDuffie really yeah. was huge in putting the game away. Um, I, lo- I think Trent McDuffie is going to be a top three defensive back in the pack. Yeah, he's a stud. And then if we go back to 2018, y'all were, weren't up by no more than two possessions throughout that entire game. Oh yeah, that was a tough one. You got so, that was the best Washington State team that we yeah we. We just didn't want to be great. Gardner Minshew just just voted that game, and then I'm not going to blame it on him because it was his first time playing in the snow, and so like it's, it's. And he, I felt like Gardner fought in that game. Um, there were there was a couple drop passes. Um, yeah, he, I can't blame him. Play. The Murphy interception that was a hail mary, a terrible play call by Leach, by the way, in field goal range, yeah. call a hail mary. Just good. I made no sense. Pass. 
Um, if if you wanted to go for the end zone, work work the middle of the field like we've been doing all game. Like we yeah, that was off of a kickoff return fumble too. So that could have been so much momentum for WSU, but um, you guys um or Mike Leach decided to just throw up a hail mary and. Maybe you couldn't kick in those situations. Maybe the kicker told Leach, I can't kick. So Leach, without much time to go, just decided. But Blake Malza is talented. He hit a field goal that game. That's true. So it, it's, um, I don't know, man. But you saw a lot of field goal issues with UW in that game, too. Yeah. Um, but that's Peyton. He- that's 2018 Peyton Henry, and we don't talk about 2018 Peyton Henry. <laughs> he caught the Oregon game. Um, helped cost us the Auburn game, I believe, in this one in there. Um, didn't cost us the Cal game. Uh, Y'all had no business in Auburn, by the way. That Auburn game was so terrible last year. Or in 2018, rather. Yeah, we should have won that. Neither, no doubt. Yeah, neither neither team wanted to win that game. Auburn didn't no, win it. Washington didn't no, lose it. We should have lost that game. We, are, we were a better team than Auburn. Mm-hmm. We really proved we were a better team than Auburn that day. We just could not get over the hump. We were We were – a playoff team that year. Mm-hmm. I really think we mm-hmm. should have been because we lost to Oregon off a missed field goal. We lost to Auburn because we fumbled at the goal line and we just couldn't capitalize on pretty much anything we tried that game. Yeah. And you had playoff talent. We lost talent. We know what happened that game. That game was just awful. One of the worst performances in my time watching the Washington Huskies and I've watched them for years and years. Yeah, so Horrible. So, extreme veteran talent on that roster, along with the top five head coach in college football. There's no excuse for for y'all dropping as much as y'all did, because because a lot of those games y'all did not lose. Y'all just beat yourselves. Like those losses, you beat yourselves. Yeah. Um, um. To get to get away from the Washington Washington State talk, um, Big Twelve Commissioner, um, what's his name? I don't I don't know his name. I'm not gonna lie to you, but um. He, he was asked if they were going to cancel non-conference play, and he simply said no. Um, yeah, uh, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, very. I, I couldn't believe that. Excuse me? <laughs> like, no? I think, I, think that's his, I think that's his way of saying, what the hell are we supposed to do with nine games? I, th- I, think, I think that's him basically saying, I, will it be safer to cancel non-conference play? Yes, but our teams – such as like Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma, like at the end of the season, I don't think the Big Twelve those wins will be good enough. Let's say if they're in a, a four or five spot trying to trying to get into the playoffs, right. I don't think the Big Twelve teams will be good enough um, on their resume as a comparison to a win versus like Tennessee. So, I think that's maybe a part of a part of it. Um, you know, part of me feels like Oklahoma and Tennessee will end up playing, just because I conferences have. Held back, held back on canceling non-conference play. So I wouldn't be surprised if we still get that game. I could, I could also see um, Washington State and Idaho happening, only because it's, you know, you could walk from Pullman to Idaho. Yeah, it's good so like, anyway. So, and I could also see the, the, I could also see a lot of those SEC ACC rivalries being played: Kentucky, Louisville, the Palmetto Bowl, um, or uh, clean old-fashioned hay. So, I think it, it's. It's harder to just say. Okay, I guess it's no non-conference play is a simpler way of saying no unnecessary games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So basically, so basically, cut the uh, the the travel that happens in between um, here and there. And that's like, a big. I think non-conference is a big part of college football. I. Th- yeah, it, it is, but I think that we could survive one one season without it. Just, just I, I think we can, and um, especially if bowl games and playoffs are happen and are fair. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't want to get uh, see my team go nine and zero. I know we probably won't. I don't have us going mm-hmm. undefeated. I don't want to see my team go nine and zero and not make it because they're a Pac twelve team and they didn't play. Yeah, Michigan. Exactly. Because I can say, well, what if we would have beaten Michigan? So, yeah. um, or um, Oregon can say the same. 
Oregon, I think, could very well go nine and zero. I don't. Uh, they always. I don't think they. They always find a way to not. They are, they always they always find a way. I see. I, if I were to look at three teams on that schedule right now and say that they have a chance to lose to them, but um, actually, I actually am starting to. I like Oregon in the playoffs. You saw my predictions. I have Oregon in there. Howard, yeah, by the way. Um. Yeah, my my predictions. Is it okay if I go ahead and drop my prediction yeah. right quick? Uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida. That's my four. I like. Florida. I think that I have Florida. Yeah, I I, I love Florida this season. And um, Mullen's the only the top five coach. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, I wouldn't wholeheartedly uh, wholeheartedly agree with you. If if not top five, definitely. If I were to make a top five right now, I'd say Nick Saban, Davis Sweeney, um, Ryan Day, uh, Kyle Whittingham. Um, then Mullen. I, I think David Shaw's a better coach than Kyle Winningham. I really do. That's fair, but my only my only uh, like is disagreement with that is how um, Utah was or Kyle Winningham was able to um, take over from with uh, from Urban Meyer and make Utah like really what it is now. Like Kyle Winningham has consistently kept Utah and them. In the South discussion, in in uh, as a powerhouse in the Pac-12, I think his his ability to to really just make that school what it is now is 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 so impressive. It's, it can't go understated. Um, I do like what Kyle Whittingham's done over the years. Yeah, but I, I love Dan Mullen. I think I think his record is is not good, but I, I hate the fact that that's the only thing that people take into consideration. He was able to. Um, he was able to coach Tim Tebow, Dak Prescott. Um, what was he coach? Tim Tebow, Dak Prescott. Um, like just those two alone, or like, I mean, he's twenty-one. I wouldn't call that a bad record. Yeah. Um, I think that's his record at. Is that his record at Florida, or is that his record overall? I don't know. Let me Florida. see. Like it's his record at Florida, because at Mississippi State he went sixty-nine, nice and forty-six. Um, that's not bad. At, Mississippi State was terrible when he took them over. So, and by his second year, they were already nine and four. Exactly. So overall, his record is ninety and fifty-one, which is which is not bad. 